All right, welcome to the second half of this episode, which is lessons from 2020, 2020, sis. Let's talk. Let's chat. Woman to woman. I'm coming to you as a woman. 2020 really came in and stole our man, aka our freedom and our lives and messed everything up. These are some lessons that I learned this year that maybe it'll help you. Maybe you learn the same thing. Maybe you did it. Maybe this will give you a different perspective. But these are a few things I learned. The first one is that it costs nothing to be nice and that we all need a little kindness sometimes. I've been spending a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time on the internet consuming other people's content, other people's pictures, other people's lives. And for me, I'm not really a commenter, I'm just a liker. And I say, oh, that's cute, and move on. But recently, I've started commenting on people's pictures, even if it's just little emojis or like one word. Just seeing that people like, like it or respond or whatever, it just makes me feel good that I helped add a little bit of something bright to somebody's day. So just extend kindness when you can, and even if it's just a kind thought, I like to let people know if I'm thinking about them or wishing good things for them, because... You never know when you're going to see someone again or be able to talk to them again. So just let them know that you're thinking about them. Now, the next lesson in relation to social media is that mindless scrolling destroys your mental health. I know it's so easy to get caught up in Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and everything that you could possibly read on the internet and you're just going, 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 just your thumbs are automatic, just scrolling, swiping, tapping, whatever. And I find myself not even really consuming things anymore. I'm just swiping and looking and like mindlessly tapping things. If I see something like remote shapes or like colors of things that I enjoy, I'm not really consuming the content. And on the flip side, it's not content that I really need to be anyway. It's a lot of ads, people trying to sell you something, which is good. People need to, you know, get their bag and make their money. But there comes a point where you can only look at so many sponsored posts before you think this isn't really giving me anything. It's not really adding to my life. And there is a point where you can start comparing yourself to others and thinking, why don't I have that? Why don't I have this? Why am I not doing this? Why is that person my age but has something different or way more than me or whatever? And it's just this endless spiral that you can't get yourself out of because you're just endlessly consuming other people's lives and forgetting about yourself. And then you put the phone down. One, you put the phone down, you pick it right back up and open it back to the same spot you were at and keep scrolling. Or you close it and then your mind is racing thinking about thinking about all the things you just saw or sort of just had seen at you (laughs) that didn't make sense but things that just came across your mind and you're just not really thinking about anything productive or helpful or joyful really and for me I know I have to tear myself away from the phone and force myself to do something that's productive like get up and move or clean something or even just wash my face like something as simple as that is taking care of myself and grounding myself and realizing that I'm not pixels in a screen even though social media and technology is so powerful that we can connect with people that we would never meet otherwise or that would be very difficult to. But you can't forget about yourself in your real life when you're looking at all these other people's lives through the phone. Besides just mind the scrolling of like pretty pictures and things, there's a lot of shit on the internet. There's a lot of stupid people. There's a lot of ignorant people. There's a lot of mean-spirited people. There's a lot of trolls. There's people just there to say things. There's people who are genuinely ignorant. There's people who want to get a rise out of people. There's people who intend to cause harm to other people. And it's just, it's too much. A lot of the times we feel like we have to consume so much trauma 
media and you have to consume so many things. You have to look at what this racist person was doing and look how absurd this is and read these comments and these and respond to this person and educate them. And that's just so overwhelming, especially as a black person, a black woman feeling like the whole world is so intentionally ignorant and dead set on misunderstanding you it feels like a constant attack to open your timeline and see all these posts that are just people being blatantly ignorant and stupid and rude and disrespectful and after a while you get used to the anger you get used to the frustration you get used to the sadness and that's not normal that's not what regular life should be nobody should be used to trauma and that's a whole tangent in itself but that's another thing where I have to realize that it's not my responsibility to save the world. Me consuming trauma content of every single bad thing, every single crisis, every single donation link, every single death, every single theft, every single loss, every single thing bad, it doesn't change the fact that those things happened. I don't have to feel terrible about something to show that I care. I don't have to repost every single bad thing that's happening just so people know that I saw it or know that I'm thinking about these things. We internalize so much more than we actually think we notice because our brains are processing so many things in our subconscious that they come up all of a sudden. We're like, where did that come from? But you've been seeing and consuming this thing that you have no idea has been having all these negative effects on your mind and your mental health. And for me, when I consume so much content of like people's murder and learning about defunding the police and all these important things that we need to know about but when it's like just compounded at you and thrown at you all the time every day my anxiety would get so bad I would feel physically nauseous and like lightheaded and dizzy and have headaches and I would feel guilty that I felt physically sick looking at these things but it's like I need to know I'm a black person I have to be aware because what if it's me what if it's my parents what if it's my friends what if what if what if and it's just this cycle that doesn't end and it results in black and brown people being traumatized and that's what the system is built to do it's built to break us down it's built to keep us down and we have to realize that we have to prioritize ourselves because how can we advocate for ourselves and for others if we are constantly pouring from an empty cup if we're constantly coming from a place of pain and sorrow and emptiness we can't show up for ourselves let alone other people and that's what they want us to do. They want us all to break down. They want us all to be in our homes, cowering and scared and in a corner and have nothing and no fight left in us. And it's okay for us to not want to fight anymore. We shouldn't have to fight all the time. We shouldn't have to fight at all. But that's unfortunately the reality of the situation. But for me, I've learned that I don't have to be superwoman. I can only do what I can do. I can only handle what I can handle. I can do what makes me feel good, what makes me feel like I have some power over the situation. I can do that thing and then let it go. I can do that thing and acknowledge that there are a lot of bad things going on that affect a lot of people that look like me, that don't look like me, that are in my backyard, that are halfway across the world. But me taking on all the stress and strife and tribulations and pain from all of those events, looking at my phone, constantly reading news stories, seeing people's stories, seeing tons of drawings of people who were murdered by the police or like pictures of people massacred in a protest. That's not, that's not, no, <laughs> I don't know how to say it without sounding insensitive, but you have to log off. Nobody is built to consume that content 24-7. Nobody should have to. It shouldn't be happening at all. 
But the fact of the matter is this is what our generation has created. And it's great because it allows people who have been eating from silver spoons their entire lives and don't realize that don't know what racism really looks like or don't know that they're participating in it or don't know what privileges or don't know what all these things look like or never question the status quo it's showing them people are literally losing their lives over the systems and things that uplift and benefit you that you've never even had to think about or that you were taught that you deserve inherently for some reason it's a lot of learning and unlearning to be done but it's this weird microcosm of like this lived experience and university all within your iPhone. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to consume. And for a lot of people, social media is an escape and a sort of safe place. And that's compromised for a lot of people when that content is all that's taking up the timeline. And it's important people need to know it. But I also want you to know that it's okay to log off. It's okay to not constantly know and take in every single traumatic thing that's happening it's awful, it's terrible, and we hope it never happens to us and all these things, but you can't put the guilt on yourself for not being able to handle literally every terrible situation. It's okay to not repost a picture or something. It's okay to not, it's okay to not constantly stare at your screen and just doom scrolling. I think that's the term for it. Yeah, where it's just something worse and worse and worse is the next thing. You have to let go. You have to breathe. You have to ground yourself and remember that you are still a person who has needs and fears and you have to take care of yourself. It's okay. You don't have to hold the weight of the world on your shoulders or on your fingertips. Within the same realm of social media, it's a little bit lighter. I know that was a lot, but that's most of what 2020 was being in our homes on our phones watching people get murdered when we're supposed to be in our homes on our phones but (laughs) a lot of things also is that you see this a lot but muting and unfollowing is is good it's good to do sometimes people are just so negative all the time or you realize people you know are always posting about something that maybe triggers you or it makes you feel a certain type of way or is like demeaning towards you it's okay to mute people they won't know And then you'll know and you can unmute them or see, or you can selectively choose when you want to see their content to see, okay, maybe I can unmute them and re-consume this content. Or if you have to set up a boundary with you and that person and keep them muted and that's okay. And the beautiful thing is they'll never know. We love that. I mentioned before, there's a lot of learning and unlearning going on. And for me, there's so many ideas and differences of like socialism and capitalism and defunding police and abolition and all these things. And there are people who are well-versed in the topic who educate. And then there are people who are beyond educating, which of course, educating is no one's job to do. But it's so many things like, I can't believe you still think voting works, you stupid bitch. I can't believe that you like have any faith left in democracy, you idiot. And it's like, can I, can I take a second? Can I please like look up what these terms mean and then compart, not compartmentalize, but like contextualize them within my life, what my understanding is. I've done a lot of learning about what our systems are and how they work. And for me, I'm taking the time to learn before I speak and say, I fully support this thing, X, Y, Z, or I fully identify with this. And another lesson I've learned is that it's okay to be quiet and shut up until you know more about something. So many celebrities put their 
whole feet and legs in their mouth because they speak about something that they have no idea about and they have to come back and backtrack or apologize when they could have just said, hey y'all, I know I have a platform and influence, but at the current moment, I don't know enough about this topic to speak adequately on it. Here are people that know more than I do and people that I'm learning from to go to. If so many PR teams just put out a message like that instead of forcing people to say something or having just people say whatever they first think during their learning process, we'd have been, we would have had so much less like unnecessary scandal or drama or whatever bullshit there is. And I feel like there's so much pressure for everyone to always say something all the time. And going back to what I said, you can't consume trauma all the time. And it's okay to not instantly have a stance on a topic or a new issue that you're just learning about because you're learning. And even more than that, you're unlearning the things that they taught you so that you wouldn't learn the reality (laughs) of what's going on. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of pressure, especially as young people, because they say young people are our future. And now, especially my generation, we're at the age where we have more agency. We have actual power and ability and independence to do things. And it feels like we have to move like this restlessness, this anxiety, it has to manifest in something. We have to do something tangible and not be trodden on by the system that was built to keep us down in the first place. But sometimes I feel like there's no room for learning, especially as a black person. You're supposed to automatically know everything. And while we do, not inherently, but are taught things from a very young age, it's hard to keep up with every single thing and every single topic and every single ideology and read every book and watch every seminar and know about every single term. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot. So overall... The final thing I'll wrap up with this is don't let this life drive you crazy. Yes, there are tons of frustrating, awful, horrible, terrible things that will make us feel awful types of ways, but we can't be afraid or think that we're being selfish when we have to remove ourselves from situations that drain us and take away our humanity. Honestly, all of these things are dehumanizing. Seeing literal human beings be treated like... Uh, I just... I could just keep going on. You know what I'm trying to say. Prioritize your mental health and space. It's okay to want to learn more, but it's also okay to take time to process your emotions as a human and make sure that you can still function and you're not traumatizing yourself in your learning and unlearning process. Especially from people on social media who really don't know what they're talking about in the first place. Moving on to the next lesson, we got the heavy things (laughs) sort of out of the way. I really went off for a second there, but it just, it came on my spirit. And this is, this is my notebook. This is where we talk. This is where we get real. And that's how I'm feeling. So moving on. Outside isn't so scary. I'm a self-proclaimed introvert. I'm, I have allergies. I'm sensitive. I got asthma. I got boobs. I can't run. I can't, me and physical activity, we're not we're not those girls. We're not acquaintances. We are a distant, distant. We pass each other in the grocery store, but I like move aisles. So I have to avoid talking to her. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I talked about this a little bit on Instagram. Living alone, I realized that going outside has been so healing for me and returning to nature. And it's really helped me also find who I am because when you're within walls and 
surrounded by screens and all these material things, you sort of forget to sit with yourself and realize who am I as this person just in my body. And being able to go outside, I just take my book bag and I walk around my neighborhood or I go to the park or I go and just like sit outside and walk around. I like to walk around until I see the sunset. I'm not too much of a sunrise girl, maybe one day, but I really like sunsets and just sitting outside, especially in summer and taking my shoes off, putting my feet in the grass and looking at the trees and watching the leaves blow. And it's just, it's something so grounding about sitting on the ground, laying so still that you can feel the earth move, seeing the wind in the trees. Stuff like that is so cool and it makes you feel small in a way that reminds you that you're part of something bigger. It reminds you that you're a human and this is your natural experience. And there are so many things that we create that are man-made that we want to categorize and put into boxes. And nature is the one thing that's organized chaos. We have seasons, we have cycles, we have instincts. We know that there's order to things and things happen when they're supposed to, but nature is also unpredictable and wild and beautiful and awesome and calming and grounding and chaotic and sometimes scary. But ultimately, it's something that we can all return to, to find peace and calm. Maybe you don't, but I found that I just need to get outside, breathe fresh air, listen to sounds just with my own ears, take in sights with your eyes, walk a new way home, take a different street if it's safe, of course. But just explore the world around you because we get so set in our routines and the mundaneness, that's not a word probably, but the mundane aspect of life that we forget there's so much beautiful stuff around us every day and we just have to go outside and find it. The next lesson 2020 has taught me is that I am not a robot and I am not programmed, conditioned, nor required to be constantly working towards the benefit of somebody else. This is a big one because you'll see people on opposite sides of the spectrum that quarantine is about rest and you have to prioritize self-care and take baths and do face masks and other people are like, you're stupid, I've been grinding, I make 10 million dollars in my sleep and I'm gonna be a millionaire because I sell internet money and you're stupid because you're letting all this money go on the table money 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 work 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 hustle 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 and for me I don't need all that shit (laughs) I do enough my body is so miraculous in doing all of this work to keep me alive and functioning that I don't even think about and so then to add on all this extra pressure because some person on the internet or somebody whoever wherever told me that I need to or I should be girl what mind your business mind your business money is not the end all be all I don't need to be a millionaire I don't aspire to be the next Amazon I just want to be happy I just want to be me I just want to be out of debt and comfortable and be able to live the life that I want to live I don't need billions and millions of dollars to be the best version of myself if you feel like you do capitalism has done its job (laughs) and I'm sorry for that um (laughs) if you feel like money is your measure of success and you have to break your back to earn it go ahead but I am choosing to mute that conversation because that's not what serves me that's not what makes me feel good and in school I took 18 credits of classes don't do that shit ever Don't do it. It shouldn't even be allowed, honestly, because that's too much for any one person to balance the demands of six different courses. 
that all have their own required readings and homeworks and discussions and attendance and projects and papers. And it's just too much. It's too much for me. And I realize that I work myself too hard when I get physically ill. Just like anxiety makes me physically ill with things I can't control in the world, things that I have to do in regards to school give me anxiety. How I mentioned before, having to keep up my grades to keep money for my scholarship, it somehow goes back to money and you have to graduate and get a good job so you can pay off your debt. And it's just this endless thing and all these assignments to do and all this reading to do and typing and quizzes. I feel like I'm working, but I'm not actually learning. I write all these things down. I have all these to-do lists and it seems like the list never shortens, even though I'm working longer and longer every day. I've taken some control that I can in that I curate my social media to follow accounts that are mental health based, that are rest focused, and that not only remind you to rest, but really teach you the importance of rest and to reject that notion of the constant grinding and capitalistic nature that we're ingrained to have, especially as Americans and especially as minorities and especially as women, because out of all those identities, we're systematically oppressed from having independence financially and socially and economically and any sort of power. So of course they're going to push us to work harder. And then that good old glass ceiling and racism and sexism just stops us right in our tracks. But reeling it back in (laughs) a little bit, I'm popping off. I have to set limits for myself. So for example, I don't answer emails after six o'clock. I don't do schoolwork after 10 30 p.m. unless it's very rare circumstances where it's due by 11 59. I have to set boundaries with myself to show myself that I care enough about me to not let work and school and all these other demands take priority over my well-being. If it's between doing an assignment and getting enough sleep so that I don't get a migraine, I'm going to go to bed. If it's between watching a TED talk and writing a 300 page essay and doing my skincare routine, I'm going to go wash my face. (laughs) Like it's to the point where I know I'm going to have to do work and I know that I have to take care of myself, but there's no situation in which work is going to take precedence over my well-being anymore. It's just not going to happen. I reject that and I'm not going to do it. In 2020, I've learned that We make work part of our routines, but we neglect rest. And more importantly, we make rest the reward instead of the foundation. Ooh, period. Yeah, we make rest the reward. Once I finish this, I can go to sleep. Once I finish this, I can take a break. Once I finish this, then I can give my body this function that it needs to survive. Do you know how backwards that is? Do you know how messed up that sounds? How are we supposed to give of ourselves to other people if we can't even take the time to treat ourselves with a basic human function. Make that make sense. So in 2020, I learned to prioritize rest and that's what I'm going to do. So after a certain time, out of office. The second to last lesson that 2020 has taught me is the importance of curating your personal space to be exactly how you want it to be and exactly how you want it to make you feel. We all know, I talk about it a lot, I'm really proud of it. I live alone in my own apartment in a neighborhood that I love. It's perfectly bougie. I have access to shopping and restaurants and grocery stores and beautiful scenery and parks and everything. I love it. 
but I also love being at home in my one bedroom apartment. And it's something, it's a goal I've had since forever being raised on HGTV. I've always wanted to decorate and have my own space. But now that I do, it's like my sanctuary. It's my haven. It's my home. I take pride in it and I love it so much because I had an idea and I brought it to life. I had an aesthetic and a design color palette and all these ideas of a thing I want and I made it come true. I made it come to life and I'm incredibly proud of myself and I that's why I post pictures of my space. That's why I'm always looking for things to add because I'm so proud of my space and it makes me it makes me appreciate it and love it and want to spend more time here and be proud of it. I want to safely invite loved ones into my home because it's a space that I love and I want the people that I love to love it too. I find joy in saving pictures on Pinterest of things that I aspire to have. I enjoy having my room just be an oasis of lavender and lilac and purple. And I like having my all my throw pillows on my couch and the couch that I really wanted for a long time and I saved and was able to pay for and buy and the rug that I wanted and the TV that I wanted, the TV stand that I wanted, the bookshelf, my chair, the mirror that I have, like literally everything that I picked out is something that I really care for and aspired to have. And it makes me happy walking into my home and seeing the dream and the vision that I've had for such a long time come to life. I know where everything is. It's cozy. I can leave things wherever I want them. (laughs) I have nice quality things that will take me through multiple stages of life. And I invested in myself and my home. And I just really love it, especially since I'm spending so much time here. Grateful, really grateful that I have a place, a roof over my head, a place that's safe, and a place that I really like and hopefully will have a lot more experiences and learn a lot more lessons in. So the greatest lesson I've learned is to curate your space because especially now you're going to be spending a lot of time in it and you'll be spending a lot of time with yourself. So why not be as comfortable and cozy and in love with your space as you can be. I know I am. And we've come to the end of the road, the last lesson that I'm sharing today, because I probably learned more stuff that I haven't even processed yet, or there's still a lesson left to be learned in the days left of 2020. I think this last lesson is the greatest one. I touched on a little bit before, but this lesson is to prioritize joy. Joy, it seems elusive and impossible lately the past what eight months nine months even there are little pockets of happiness in the world and in your life and joy comes from the gratitude it comes from cherishing the people and the things and experiences that you do have and it comes from little things that we might not expect yeah trips and events and major things were canceled but for a lot of people we now find joy in being able to sit down at a meal at your kitchen table or being able to call a family member or a friend or being able to look outside your window at people playing or being able to walk in a park or just being able to breathe. That's something to be joyful about, hello? And I don't say prioritize joy to a point where you have to be toxically positive and every single thing has to be happy, happy, happy all the time because obviously that's impossible and if you're thinking that you're obviously not looking outside or around you or processing anything or have any empathy for anyone who doesn't have the same lived experiences as you. And in that case, you're a sociopath and you need help (laughs) or you're just white. Ooh, (laughs) 
<laughs> shout out to my white people listening to this um <laughs> you know who you are if that offends you if the shoe fits run with it but anyway <laughs> um see i find joy in making jokes like that sometimes a little bit i be cracking myself up living alone i make myself laugh so much i be in here scream laughing i know my neighbors are like what is going on but I just find joy in little things and like in my subconscious and when I have those little bits of serotonin you know sometimes they kick in and (laughs) I'm just gonna cut off that statement right there but yeah prioritize joy find the moments that make you happy even if it's just little things like going to Starbucks or opening the blinds in the morning something that brings me joy is my plants I love my plants. I love seeing them grow taller. I love seeing them sprout new leaves. I love seeing like the soil change when I water them. It's little things that remind me of great processes that are going on. I'm helping grow something. I'm taking care of a living thing that's not myself or a child, thankfully. Um, (laughs) And another joyful thing is to think about maybe one day I'll have the stability to have a dog that I really want. And so I try to fill my life and my space with joy. And so I choose things that I really like. I like being able to open my closet and see clothes that make me excited to get dressed. Just things that make me excited for the day I have and the life that I have. It's truly the little things when you have a bad day that you have to hold on to. For example, this morning on my way to work, I found a dollar on my seat on the bus. That's a tiny little thing. Later on that day, I dealt with customers who maybe weren't so nice, but I can think back to that one little moment of joy or that time that there was a baby in the line and they smiled and waved at me. You know, it's okay to acknowledge the bad things and how they make us feel, but also realize that joy has so much more power over hate in the course of your day. It's easier to remember happy things than it is sad things and so if you have only so much energy to expend just try to think of at least one or two maybe even five joyful moments every day or something that you can be grateful for and I find that that really brings me back and reminds me even when I'm overwhelmed and anxious that those feelings are temporary and when we acknowledge those feelings but also celebrate the joy we realize how much better it makes us feel and how much more they mean to us and then we cherish the moments and we live more fully the next thing within prioritizing joy is to celebrate your own accomplishments this is another thing i've learned it's okay to not be productive in a freaking deadly global pandemic it's completely normal and natural for your body to have shut down if you to have lost motivation or happiness or drive that's completely okay because this is unprecedented times that nobody alive I think has ever faced before but you have to celebrate yourself and that's part of self-care in realizing that you are still a person who is capable of great and amazing things even if the world is on fire even if you don't do those things all the time or they're few and far between if I get a good grade on a quiz I congratulate myself and I celebrate myself because I put in the time and the effort to do that and learn that thing if I finish something really pressing on my to-do list or clean up my apartment after a long time of it being messy. I celebrate that as an accomplishment and something that's joyful because I accomplished a goal and that's something to be proud of that maybe you didn't push yourself but you gave yourself the effort and the energy to put something back into yourself and have to be happy for yourself and be your own biggest fan because if you can't love yourself if you can't cheer for yourself, how in the hell are you going to expect other people to cheer for you because you don't even know how to take a compliment? Hmm? 
<laughs> yeah, just find celebration wherever you can. Celebration is a good thing. Even if it's just that the grocery store had your favorite bread in stock, that's a cause for a little praise break. Just do happy dances. We should all just dance more. Just when little wins happen, just think of that as something greater. Even if it's just something that makes you smile. I also have a saved folder on Instagram called Smile File of just all things that are funny or make me laugh or make my heart fill up with good feelings. Even those are little celebratory moments, even if it's something that you didn't accomplish or maybe someone you know accomplished it or just some stranger on the internet, something good that happened. Just celebrate accomplishments. On the other side, you know, I have to give y'all perspective is that I learned you have to be content with not receiving applause or sharing everything that you do on the internet. The internet, it's been, it's taught us a lot of things in 2020. Some good, some bad, some we didn't need to know, and some really revolutionary groundbreaking things that have peeled back, you know, the veil on a lot of stuff that's been going on and it's helped people realize maybe what's going on, the systems in place, or more importantly, who they are, the type of relationships they gravitate towards, their attachment styles, etc., so on and so forth. But I've learned that in searching for joy and trying to celebrate accomplishments, sometimes I turn towards social media and sharing with people on the internet and showing them that I've accomplished something before I acknowledge it to myself. And that's something really hard to acknowledge, I feel, for a lot of people because you're like, oh, I just want to share, you know, I'm feeling good. And that's great because some people, well, a lot of people like to consume joy of other people. But when you do it so much and you reach for your phone first and it feels like you're trying to prove something or show that your life is just all of your wins all the time, you're not really acknowledging the true self and you're putting out this picture of something that you feel like you have to keep up and you feel like you have to keep aspiring for because that's what people expect of you and that's something that's so damaging and heavy and like such another unnecessary added weight on your shoulders to like curate this hall of fame on the internet just for someone to come and look at and think of you in one way or another and then that changes how you think of yourself and when your opinion of yourself is based on the opinion of others it's never stable it's never good it's never something that's going to actually fulfill who you are and get you back to living in what your purpose is so whenever something good happens just enjoy it for a little bit and if you still feel the need to share go ahead for me i have that moment where i'm about to post something and then i think if someone else posted this would i really care And if the answer is no, (laughs) then I just discard or X out the picture and I keep it moving and I smile to myself about it. And I think that's enough. I am enough and I have enough being happy for myself. And I really love that, that I can pat myself on the back. I can give myself applause and I can buy my own flowers when I feel the need to. The last part of prioritizing joy, but also not having to search for validation in your accomplishments is that you don't have to share every revelation or lesson you've learned as soon as you feel like you've processed it. Now that's a lot of talk coming from me talking about the year in review when really nine months hasn't been that much time. (laughs) Y'all know I'm in my head 24 seven, probably even more than that somehow some way I'm always thinking about something or overanalyzing something it's okay to learn things about yourself and then you just know that 
for you. It's okay to not have to share every single life lesson you've learned, even if it's about, especially if it's about maybe a topic that's more personal to you. There are things that a lot of us go through that we wish other people would share so that we don't feel alone. But also remember, it's not your responsibility to be a spokesperson for every single person who's ever experienced every single thing. I know that's a kind of hard boundary to cross because once you realize or process something, you kind of want to share it to show that to other people and especially to yourself that you're good enough and stable enough to realize something about yourself and know that you can change it and be better for it. But I think it goes back to being able to celebrate yourself and that there are parts of you that are just for you. And if you maybe learn something about how you are in relationships, you don't have to now say, hey guys, I'm a better partner because I unlearned X, Y, and Z. When you can just take that trait and know that you know how to correct that behavior or learn something about yourself and then just go on and be a better partner to somebody. Or if you learn how to change a negative thinking pattern, just go on and keep thinking positively about yourself. Of course, you can share because it's your life and if that's liberating and freeing for you by all means please do because like I said of course there's someone out there who might need to see that or hear your testimony or know that they're not alone or know that growth is possible just remember it's not your responsibility nor something you have to do to share every highlight and win and revelation that you have in your life And that was my good sis 2020. Not really good. We're kind of on the rocks. She's tripping. She keep going back to her stinking baby daddy. Even after I told her how terrible he was for her. And now she's mad and wants to take it out on the rest of us. She's going through a lot. She put us through a lot. But most importantly, with our relationship with her, we learn more about ourselves. I learned about myself. I learned some things that I can take with me, even into years that are good and don't have a virus floating in the air that could possibly kill you and your loved ones. So (laughs) I hope that over this year, you've been able to take time to prioritize yourself and take care of yourself and make sure that you're okay, that you're all right, that you're still functioning, that your brain is okay and handling just keeping you alive. You don't have to thrive. You don't have to be going to some private island or boasting that you still have a job or being able to participate in whatever latest thing is going around that shows that you're doing better than somebody else. Just make sure that you are okay with you, that you can spend time with you and you can take care of you and you can be okay with just you. Remember that the world, the weight of the world is not solely on your shoulders. It is okay. Please take breaks from things that traumatize you or that just make you upset or that don't add to your life. Even if that's people and places and things that you know personally, you have to set boundaries. Boundaries are so incredibly important, especially in a time where we're spending so much time alone. You have to tell yourself the space you deserve so that you can have that respect and relationship with others so they don't push you past your boundaries and vice versa overall 2020 has it's been a lot it's gonna be i don't know what it's gonna be that's so funny that's the funny thing is that in 50 years i wonder what people are gonna say about 2020 what happened what we've learned i wonder what's gonna be proven about like things that have come out now by then like what's gonna be in history books overall it's been a long episode but it's been a long year it's been a long year (laughs) y'all but anyway thank you so much for clicking on another episode for sitting here chatting with me listening to me 
ramble, talk about some things. Hopefully it's resonated with you or there's someone out there that you think it could help or that you relate to or just want to learn something or you just like hearing the sound of somebody's voice and I'm on in the background while you're like cleaning your house. That would be pretty cool. If everyone could just put this on, play all my episodes on a loop, you know, you know, you should do that wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Pages from my notebook, a true to life podcast. You can now visit the podcast at drumroll, please. Pages from my notebook pod.com. Yes, no more free Wix web address. We are official. I own the domain. It's mine. I pay good money for it. I have an official.com web address. It makes me so happy to say that. I'm so happy that I'm taking the chance on myself and actually owning something something that like I created it's solely my intellectual property and it's my heart and my soul and my life and my thoughts and I'm just so happy that it's a place I can call my own and I can write blogs and I can put in gifts and share playlists and just have a space that really represents me and all that the podcast represents and hopefully it speaks to someone out there and people can find it and share in it and just feel less alone. You you know my spiel that I do. But yes, please visit pagesfrommynotebookpod.com. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook all at pagesfrommynotebookpod. Once again, my name is Erica. I've been your host. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to have you listening again soon. Pages from My Notebook, a true-to-life podcast, is a passion project by yours truly, Erica Barnes. Read episode descriptions and more at pagesfrommynotebookpod.com. Follow the pod on Instagram at pagesfrommynotebookpod and like the pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash pages from my notebook pod. You can support the pod monthly via anchor at anchor.fm slash Erica dash Barnes slash support. I hope to have you listening again soon.